it is time to tune up the band and get good for it is another episode of the sweet chinwag podcast and our very first episode of pride month 2022 i am sam alongside dan and reardon as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling chaps how are we doing it's the month where we're not so afraid of, t- of telling people what we are and who we are. How are we doing? <laughs> this is your uh, reminder that uh, every single member of the Sweet Chinwag podcast is on the LGBT plus whoop, whoop. spectrum. Yeah, there, there ain't exactly much hiding it for us. <laughs> yeah, no, no, there is not. But uh, just in case you missed it. <laughs> yeah, in, ca- in, case you, in case you missed all of the other stuff, Here's your official confirmation. Yes. <laughs> I'd also I'd also recommend finding yourself a voucher for spec savers, but that's a separate point. <laughs> separate point. But, or uh, any other place you can get your glasses. Yeah, from. or other place you can get glasses from. We aren't sponsored by spec savers. Yada yada yada. Yada yada yada. Um, chat. We were. First, um, back with another Pride Month this year. I'm really looking forward to this year because we've got a lot of stuff to cover. We've got a lot of stuff to show people as well. We've uh, yeah, we we've do. been in the workshop getting stuff done. We have oh, to let yeah. we have to let people know that we do in fact get a 20% buff to all stats during this time period. Exactly. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Just we we roll with advantage for a whole ass month. And this is dangerous considering that you are a DM Reardon as well. It's yeah. so dangerous. It is. <laughs> we're like we're like halflings. We can't net one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Again, is this another time I have to say? Is this time where I have to say filthy hobbits is again? <laughs> no, no, you asshole. I understand that I am in fact five foot five, <laughs> five six. Oh, forgive me being a member of the city. Anyway, yeah, we get it. You're tall, yeah, okay? You can't stand it. up on the top deck of a bus, okay? Listen, all right, listen. We understand you bump your head everywhere. Moving on. Moving on. Yes, thank you, Brandon. Yeah. We give you this podcast. Thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. You know, guys. Not all we. Not only are we forever proud of who we are and forever on that beautiful spectrum more importantly we are always pending and we always always will be damn right i'm straight oh wait a minute that makes no sense (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) so before that's where you're wrong sam (laughs) (laughs) before we get on to our very first episode of Pride Month, we we're recording this on a very different day, but already there is a hell of a lot that needs to be discussed. So for all of that, let us visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 down wrestling news. Oh, yeah. So obviously coming into uh, this week. We've had absolutely massive stuff with both Double or Nothing and the most recent edition of Dynamite. So I think that's the most natural place to start. Uh, Double or Nothing, what did we think? I thought it was... Fans can unanimously agree. It was a very up-and-down pay-per-view for AEW. Yeah, it was straight up like... 
<clears throat> it was, you know, it was very peak and trough. Yes. And let me just say, and I know that the part of this reflects on me, but I think we can agree here. This show was too long. <laughs> yeah. And I, bl- I blame, I blame the NBA for that. <laughs> This show was too damn long. <laughs> but, I mean, I know they've, I know circumstances with AEW are very different. They put on four to five pay-per-views a year, and sometimes they may go on a bit longer <clears throat> than your usual WWE pay-per-view. But this is again, this is the first time that they've been, uh, they've done a pay-per-view this long. But they've also had to compete with, is it the, the NBA playoffs? Isn't it? I think so. Yeah. So it's. It was very much the detriment of them, if 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 honestly that kind of double booking. Um, would I recommend them doing it again? No. No. <laughs> I've always liked about AEW is that they managed to cram months' worth of storyline to be blown off in a pay per view that is nice and snug. If you know what I mean. Uh, this one again, I, I agree, just went on too long, and it felt like by the end, it felt like they were feeling a lot of time. They tried to fill a lot of time. You know. <clears throat> it's just it's, it was just stuff like like the um kind of like the Hardys Young Bucks match like Kyle O'Reilly Darby Allen mm, which wasn't a bad match that, all things considered no no I think I think the general quality of matches was pretty high yeah um <clears throat> you know just some of it felt like you know it was a bit extraneous for a pay-per-view <laughs> Very and could true. have been and could have been done somewhere else, either before or after. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, in terms of length, I like I'm just keeping a, a look at the you know the Wikipedia for the actual how long the times were for each match. Yeah, and dear lord. Yeah, like once once you like once you go past like the you know the the very first match, like the the like. Like the lowest is like is seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's how. Like apart from the very very first match, which is five, the low you're getting is seven. The highest you're getting is twenty five. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a slog. That is a slog and a half. Yeah, and and that, and that's the thing. And you know, it's stuff like <clears throat> obviously, like I love House of Black. I love Death Triangle. But like that match could have been on the most recent Dynamite. Yeah. Although that being said, it could it, it could it could have been a rampage main event. Right there. Which I think it would have been a lot again, it could have done with probably having five minutes shaved off of it. Yeah. Um but we did get Julia Hart becoming a newest member of the House of Black. Right. That's like Hell great, yeah. great conclusion to that little story if you I mean me. I'm happy that it's finally closed because they've been teasing it for about five months, but <laughs> I'm just happy I'm just happy it's finally done. But um obviously coming out of coming out of that um Wardlow being freed from his contract with MJF now officially all elite. Yeah. Um in a in a very convincing squash match, may I add. Yeah. Very- it was it was it was in- it was interesting, but I'm not mad at it. I mean they built oh. up Wardlow as a monster. Absolutely. Again, this is straight Batista booking. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, granted, MJF very much played into the news that had been surrounding week. Um, yeah. He he delayed getting out in the entrance. He started mimicking doing the airplane around the ring. And seemingly um, looked like he was being written off by being stretched out. But as we know, as of today, that wasn't the case. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, um, 
I very much enjoyed the TBS Championship match, even if it wasn't as good as it could have been. I think the aftermath of that match, I enjoyed a heck of a lot more. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think the thing... I think, oh, yeah, let's, let, let's get into it. It's my man, Stokely Halfway, the number one player hater in the universe. He's just as tall as Jade Cargill. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it, it, it's, there's, he can do no wrong, in my eyes. No, it was, it was so good to see Stokely make his way down. And seemingly now being the manager for Jade Cargill, which, if you ask me, that is a dynamite pairing. Oh, yeah. But, it's going to be great. But who else showed up? None other than Athena, the former... Hell, Aaron. yeah. And, God, that was so good to see Athena. And look oh, yeah. like she wants to kick all sorts of ass. Honestly, probably one of the best gets AEW has got for the women's division. Absolutely. They just really need to step in and start like utilising the range of talent that they have. Athena just looking out at the fields of women that she is about to murder. Yeah. Exactly, and that's that's what we need. Because I mean, I've got some thoughts when it talks to women yes. about the Owen about the Owen uh, tournament finals. Both of them. Should we 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 talk should we talk about it? Should we talk about the women's Owen Hart final? Because yeah. I think I think a big I think a big point out of this is that the, obviously they brought in Ruby Soho as like a big deal, and they absolutely should. That's that's the place that she deserves and the place she should have. Um, but for some reason, they just seem dead set on making it seem like that isn't the case. Yeah, the yeah. thing that like like she she should be a good get, and she should be helping dictate the tempo of this division. And they just keep going. Hi, you're going to make it to the final. You're going to you're going to get a title opportunity. You're just going to lose. I don't know what's going on. There is, I think someone put it. There is a Britt Baker shaped hole in the women's division right mm. about now, and I, I feel. And I think it's not what I said last uh, last week. I feel so if I feel so bad for Britt because she's not bad, but it just seems ever since she's lost the women's title, she's been getting. She, I don't know if it's miscommunication. Maybe she's not being able to brush up as much as she should. She's not getting as good as she was, and it's becoming a bit of a detriment to the women's division in general. And I just feel Tony's putting way too much stock on Britt. When there's so, when as you said, you bought Ruby so you've got Ruby Soho for crying out loud. You've got to be able. You've got to be able to pivot. You've got to be able to pivot. Yeah, and I don't think Tony has done that. Yeah, you've got to give DMD a break. You've got to do it. Yeah, like like you have the opportunity to do to do it. Now's the time to actually do it. I'm saying like you've got, you've got Ruby, you've got Athena. You've got Jamie Hayter in there as well. Yeah, you've like. I mean, I mean, when you really think about it, that's the best women's division in mainstream wrestling at the moment. What AEW got? They just no. Don't. I think I think that's I think I think that I think that's a that's a valid thing to say. But they just don't. I mean, and, that, and that's not even that's not even thinking about like Hikaru Shida, Riho, yeah. um, and you know people people on that stretch. And it's just like, why, why are we retreading the same ground already? Yeah, I mean, you know? I guess maybe the reason why they made Brit win is they wanted that visual of the couple being the very first. Also, this, this of is the this, this is this is this is the thing I was going to say, which is obviously Adam and Brit having the own heart like titles, which by the way they look glorious. Do those oh, own heart titles? 
Real, real, real stampede throwback. <laughs> Such a stampede throwback. I love them. But um, yeah, I just think I think they've put a little bit too much in one place with Brit. Yeah, That's and it's like we need to we need to be able to think like a little bit bigger because again, it's the thing I've been saying, which is with the women's title, it's always like one person and one other person, and then they just go at it. But it's like with the TBS, we've got feuds going along on, alongside it because now we've got Kira Hogan, um, gonna have gonna have a match. So it's not that they can't do it; it's just they they can. It's just they need to put. You know what it is. Penny needs to be there. Really needs to be. There. He needs to. He needs to be on the women's division full time. I feel like he needs to just take charge and you know. Go to Tony. Look, no, you're doing this wrong. Give it to me. I'll do it right, and I'll prove to you that we can draw. We can draw a big crowd because they can. And they have. No, they can. They no, this, can. this is the thing. This is the thing I've been saying. Right? They need to put everything they can, uh, like, as much as they reasonably can, into Jade. Let her be a star. Right? When it when it when it comes up to the time, get Jade. Right. Talk to the organizers. Get her at the fucking BET awards. Get her at fucking releases. Get her at fucking events. I mean, because I guarantee yeah. you, she will. She will build off that on all on her own. Mm-hmm. I, I and, that, and that's and that's what and that's what you need. Mm. And it's just it's so annoying when we're there and you know we and then we're looking at the women's title as a thing and we're going. It is literally just. Fonda Rosa has a title, and Serena Deeb's being like, "I want the title." Mm. There's nothing. There's nothing else behind it. It's one at a time, and then a new character go- enters the saloon. Yeah, says, "I want to challenge you for it." Mm-hmm. Calling you out, <laughs> like, like you know, you know, we we've we've done that. We've done this dance. Let let's let's get something new. Yeah. And there's 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 so many great women in that division that can step up to that point. They just need to let people step up. Yeah. One hundred percent agree. Um, oh gosh. Uh, yeah, I mean, how, how do you how do you feel, how do you feel on on Adam Cole winning? Um, I, I'll go back to what I said when when the tournament got started. I always just felt when they announced it when they did the press release and whose name is a blazer on it that it always just felt like it should have been the tournament for the best technical wrestlers in the world and the up-and-coming stars that would get up. I imagine, I would like to hope that he does that next year. Because I felt Cause this, is the, this is the thing I was saying, right? Because I I would have thought it would have been for the best technical wrestlers and then, like, the I say when I say the best young kind of, like, high flyers. Mm. If you know what I mean with that? Absolutely. Because I think Owen, I think I think Owen's influence in that department as well is worth talking about. Absolutely. Even though it's not what he's known for, I think it's still a pertinent point. Absolutely. But like the only name when I saw the spread come out that I was like, yeah, that's kind of an understandable choice for the Owen Hart was probably Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. I could abide. I know a lot of people had issue with the Jeff Hardy one, but I could abide by it. Yeah. Because they brought up the thing of like he will be the only person in the competition to have had a match with Owen. Owen, it's crazy so to I, think about, isn't it? So I can, I, I can, I can abide by that. But you know, I, 
I just think I think there should have been a little bit more focus on it because, like, I think someone like you know your Moriarty's obviously wouldn't have been able to have Utah because of BOSJ, yeah, which we now know in retrospect. But you know, there, there's 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 more there's Moriarty, there's Hook. I would um, love to have, yeah, like Garcia, Moriarty, <laughs> Hook would have loved. I mean, Ray Phoenix there for the high flying. I would have loved to see. They, I mean, they have a, I feel like they, that's what they should do with the Owen next year. Yeah. Storyline, then fine. If you need to lay, uh, you need to lay the foundation of the tournament down for that reason. Go, go for it. I'd say. But next year, I reckon you should do it to really elevate your young crop of talent because I feel need you really do need to do that. Um, give them the give them that main that main show platform instead of just throwing them on dark. Yeah, you you need yeah. that opening for them basically on the pay-per-view to show off and like and get the experience they need. Exactly. But... Yeah, that's 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 the thing though. Because yeah. it's like people always say like, oh then I don't think they're ready. I don't think they're ready. And it's like, well, have they been given an opportunity to get ready? Yeah. This is the big <clears throat> CM Hug brought up. <laughs> and it's brought up time and again about um, utilizing them. Well, it's what it's what it's what it's what my it's what my thing of um, WWE has been for years, which is like you have some people be like, "Oh, I don't know who can, I don't know who can uh, beat them and get the title," and I'm like, "Well, look at the product. You, you just go on there, and then one person just wins all the time." Yeah, and the people are like, "Oh, I don't think they're ready to be champion." Yeah, because they're just you. Every time you see them, they're just eating losses. Yeah, <laughs> remember wins and losses. Are you? <laughs> gonna, <laughs> are you gonna want to support a guy and want him to be champion if he keeps losing all the time? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's just it's just that same thing back and forth. Like, oh, this guy, this guy can never be a champion. He's such a bozo, and I'm just like, no, that's because he just always, for some reason, he just always loses. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, we, we had uh, okay, because I, I I can say this because I kind of didn't process this match. <laughs> Look, right. I was watching. I was watching this in like an absolute haze while feeling like crap. <laughs> was Paige Van Zandt any good? <laughs> she wasn't bad, honestly. She was um, okay. Quite, quite solid in the ring, actually. It's like almost like she, she, she kind of picked quite quickly. Because people put stock in my statement where I said Paige Van Zandt could potentially be a good part of the women's division. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't that bad, honestly. I feel like with a lot yeah. more kind of scenes. Anyway. Either, either way, though, my main thing out of this is that Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are fucking brilliant. Yes. And, like, they, 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 they need more. They need more. I was going to say, what are your thoughts on Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky? TBD, correctly? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I like them. I do. I like their style. I need, <laughs> I need, I need more to really sink my teeth into them. Frankly. Yeah, I yeah. really do. Absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, and I maintain at this point, I feel like they can be freed from Dan Lambert. <laughs> I, I reckon they. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Ethan, Ethan Page, Ethan Page can carry a promo easily on his own. Easily. I thought that. Is that why? Why is Ethan Page mouthpiece? I mean. He was doing he was doing it in impacts for ages. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
He eventually, yeah, he, like, he was carrying him and Josh Alexander for a long time in Impact. I don't know. I hope Scorpion gets a nice, kind of, like, a very good storyline now to sink his teeth in. Yeah. For the now that although we 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 say that yeah. and then when we talk when we know when we talk when we talk about um the when we talk about dynamite then 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 we can have more talk um obviously i'll just kind of skip through a little bit further yeah. uh, i do want to talk about the uh anarchy in the arena match because that was brilliant oh that was that and was... had eddie kingston look coming out looking like he was in evil dead genuinely one of genuinely one of the hardest visuals in wrestling history oh, just the bloody I'm already calling it I'm already calling it now it was it was so it was brilliant That's it was like genuinely perfect camera work and everything it's, it's his scary funk moment the moment we all realize that Eddie Kingston is the generation scary funk he came out literally out, zombie walking with a bloody cherry can looking pale Christian for both like <laughs> I can't wait to see Eddie Kingston's fifth retirement match. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's gonna be it's actually gonna be brilliant though. It's, oh, it's, it's a tremendous, tremendous match. Tremendous way to end it as well. Even though it was I know a lot of people saw that a lot of people were upset Brian takes the loss. Uh, a lot yeah. of people oh, got the lose to Chris Perico. But it's like and the rest and the rest of the JAS, and I mean, I'm not gonna lie, they do have Jake Hager in there, which brings them down in my estimations. But you know what? The the rest of them, the rest of them, I can, I can kind of abide by. Agreed. Tremendous match. Also, great little thing of playing wild card twice for the entire Yeah. Um, team championship match. I was surprised by Jurassic Express retaining titles. Very. Yeah, I didn't think they'd be retaining. Very, very surprised. Although Kingpin Swerve Strickland did some amazing spots. Oh yeah. The, the I mean, they just they just go crazy. I love that spot so much. It's a Jack Evans spot. It is indeed. Um. um you can see. You're gonna see him do that next weekend, though, Dan. Oh, this weekend, Dan, I should say. No, he's not. He's not. He's not at um, Super Strong Style now. No, I'll No, he's not. He got re- he got replaced. I can't remember who you buy. Dang it! Dang it! Oh no, I think that was when they announced Johnny Progress. Ah, I see. So I see. I'll be seeing Johnny Progress instead. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's a shame in this one that I mean the team has been win, even though this match really kind of I think solidified. That Ricky Starks is a goddamn star. He is fucking brilliant, man. <laughs> and people, I tell you this much, man. You a a everyone who watches AEW, you've got to start realizing that Ricky Starks is absolutely just a bonafide star. He's so good. And the main event. Yeah, very CM surprised. Punk is your AEW world champion. Sup- very surprised, but I'm not upset about it. If you, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm. You know, I, I've kind of come to reflect on it. Like when I first, when I first kind of heard about it, I was like, uh, like I don't, I don't really know how I feel on this. I kind of on reflection, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I understand it. Um, obviously, the thing comes of whoever beats him is going to have like a massive moment. Yes. Um, I think that'll be a really cool thing. I still maintain it should be Eddie Kingston that beats him for it. 
I agree. Uh, I know my I know my friends are laughing at me right now for saying that, but I don't care. Um, but like whoever whoever beats him for it is going to have a massive moment. Whoever that is, hell, could even be Wardlow. Oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine? I want to see. That. Well, AT Wardlow wins, and then MJF gets his win on the return. That's quite a good shout. Very good shout. Because the because the thing I the thing I was saying was obviously they have CM Punk, and then we do we run Eddie Kingston. It's a matter of respect. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Kingston wins, holds the title till maybe like two pay per views time. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously MJF wins and then cements himself as the absolute like top heel of the company because mm-hmm. you know beat be a fan favorite in his own town just really rub it in Ooh. could be worse I mean it could be worse it's just like the, the, oh no could you imagine the, oh could so I was gonna say instead of instead of instead of doing it but I was gonna say so instead of doing so you could do it. You could do it at Arthur Ashe for Grand Slam, mm. but then what I would just say is do a do a pay per view like a full gear, yeah, in New York, yeah, wherever that wherever that may be. I don't know the stadiums and arenas of New York that well, or like Long Island or wherever, and do it there. Mm. And then just be like, and literally just like twist the boot. <laughs> that would be horrific. That would be truly horrific. I I don't I don't think there is a stadium there. Please, um, America, um, New Yorkers, please correct us if we are wrong. But um, any any um, any pay per view with Eddie Kingston has to be somewhere in Yonkers. Or it has to be in Shaolin. It has to be. I'm sorry. Oh, Yonkers and Shaolin, yeah. It has oh. to be. <laughs> no. although, although putting it in Shaolin is a bit dangerous, frankly. Oh, could you imagine if they dropped the belt in Shaolin? If Eddie, 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 I think that's how the second New York riot starts. <laughs> <laughs> On on the plus side, the rap music afterwards, in like after like five years, incredible. Yes, incredible. Eddie Kingston's name getting dropped in bars constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Um, So that was double or nothing. A very up and pay per view. Uh, A lot of surprises, but then it all kind of gets. um, It kind of gets added to dynamite. We get to dynamite and it levels up. And let's just start the show by Hiroshi Tanahashi appearing. Oh man, I was fucking. I'm fucking pumped. It's fucking CM Punk versus Hiroshi Tanahashi in 2022. What is life? What is life that we're getting Punk Tanahashi in a main event of an amazing American promotion? I literally, I'm just so confused constantly by wrestling now. <laughs> Which means, I've got to say this then, I would guess we're getting Okada versus Page for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So, my, I mean, the thing, the thing I like about this is I think that Tanahashi will accentuate Punk's strengths. Absolutely. And kind of hide the weaknesses. 
because I know people were craving for Kenta. We will get that match one day. I guarantee we'll get Punk versus Kenta. We have to. I feel, I felt like for something like Forbidden Door, the first person who kind of coined that term, it made sense to make it Tanahashi versus yeah. Punk. Huh. It, it makes the most sense. And of course, like, Tanahashi is one of the biggest stars in Japan. How are you going to sell that to people being in Japan? You get the biggest star to headline it along with one of the biggest stars in America. Again, it's yeah. one of those things that makes sense. <laughs> It just works. It absolutely works. So if it ain't Okada versus Page, then I guess we get Clark Connors versus Hangman Page to find out who is the most Hangman Page out of the. That's to say, who is the who is the real Hangman? <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I I I'm I'm excited for this. I think it will work really well. But then later on, and I don't care that I'm skipping to this now because it deserves this place. Miro is back. I am yeah. so happy to see Miro. So happy. Like I, I, I when I saw it, I, I kind of like screamed and it's like you, you, you lovable Bulgarian bastard. You're back, dudes. Dudes looking fucking lean. So I have to. Ask, he's gonna have... bulk. He's gonna bulk back up though. It's all right. Yeah. I have to ask Dan this question specifically. Yo, how long is it? Until Miro is just Jesus era Kanye West. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly. Um, <laughs> I'd probably get, I'd probably give it a year. But to be fair, the main angle that he's running now is I will kill God, not I am God. I mean, for for Jesus era Kanye West, that. That seems like just more subtext. I don't know. That was know. more. That was more subtext. But I always got from Yeezus era Kanye that his his angle was I'm going to replace God and become him. Right. Uh, okay, I don't know. That was how. That was that was what I that was what I felt about it. And I always, whereas Miro, whereas Miro's thing is I will literally kill God to get a title shot, and I'm not lying about that fact. And no, remember that Miro is more tolerable than Kanye. There, I said it. I mean, no fair, but okay. Oh, oh, no, so you're, you're, you're fair. You're fair. Like, so okay, we're in, we're in attack and throne, attack and deep throne guard. All right, that's yes. fair. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. All right. <laughs> oh, great to see him, and he absolutely killed Johnny Elite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he absolutely, he absolutely destroyed Johnny Elite. Um, it's great, it's great to see Miro back, like without a question, because I think it's safe to say we all, as a wrestling collective, have missed him. We oh, really oh, missed yeah. him. And I've, I, bro, I don't care. Get him straight back into that TNT title scene. Freaking Luke, <laughs> throw him right back in there. There's no, there, there needs to be no build up because we all know murder. No, Miro you just bring Miro him. back and you just have Miro cut a promo just being like Scorpio Sky, I will take that title off you, even if it means I have to kill God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what I else love, do you I, need? I, I <laughs> love the implication that 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 Miro is like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I have to kill God first, <laughs> then you. <laughs> God, God, is God is but a stepping stone before that title. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Oh, this dynamite is is more than just Miro uh, returning, isn't it, Dan? My God, there was one hell of a segment here in this, in this episode. 
and it wasn't Eddie Kingston single-handedly trying to beat up the Jericho Appreciation Society, which I appreciated, and not <laughs> too regal save blood and guts. But it was Mr. Matt Freeman cutting one yeah. hell of a promo. That that promo was in, was highly embittered. That <laughs> was that was lived experience type beat. <laughs> It's funny because I was um, recently I went back and was watching our appearance in wrestling chats about wrestling. We were talking about at the start of the year. We were talking about how this may possibly be MJF year. I don't think we fully comprehended how that would turn out. Did we? Oh no! We, in in hindsight, no, we did not. Because <laughs> holy crap, did he he really let loose like? And then some. So this definitely feels like there was a lot of embitten stuff that he was given carte yeah. blanche to say. It, it, it's kind of what um, what I said to the guys before we started, which is that uh, this gives me the feeling that this started off as like an actual contract dispute. <laughs> and then obviously they've come to things and they're turning it into a storyline angle. Yeah. Because, man, that the way he was talking did not sound like it was... Uh, <laughs> It, it didn't. It didn't sound like it was uh, something that someone might make up. <laughs> and if he did make yeah. it up, then we need to start getting MJF in the conversation for this year's Oscars. Yeah, I, I will say. I will say his 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 small part talking to the fans specifically was oh oh this man has a Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> and he and, and he sees everything <laughs> yeah yeah that that bit in that bit in particular was like a yeah that that's someone getting something off of his chest <laughs> it was guttural it was guttural just just at, just like like down in down in the in the gut yes I don't know, this is like a small thing, but I know that you guys will appreciate it, but how he was saying that, like, leaning over the ropes, looking yes. down. Oh, oh, believe me, the camera work, I was like... That was true. Oh, I was literally just, I was like, I was just like, yo, this is making this so much better. <laughs> yes. Oh, Remember, so kids, camera work is important. Remember your shooting angles. Remember <laughs> this, Kevin a promo no he only knows how to shoot he only knows how to do promos when they're facing hard cam just i i saw that and i was like and i was like oh well i know what sam is gifting immediately <laughs> how dare you <laughs> listen it was hey look right respect 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 respectfully we've all been on we've all been on social media we've all spoken to wrestling fans having a having a gif of someone angry chatting you fucking mark is gonna come in useful yeah, occasionally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We said <laughs> no, I I might legitimately just I I've got work to do after this. I think I might just make it and just give it to people. Thank <laughs> you. Yes. You're doing a you're doing a service to this community. I, you're doing I, the, I, the IWC a solid. I I think I might have to do that and just l literally the way he said that is like I've wanted to say this. Oh yeah, everyone. He, he, he was saying that like I I've wanted to say this for ages. I can't remember. Um, oh, 
I can't remember. I can't remember who it was, but there was like an actor or something that did an interview with him, and they were like, um, "What do you think about this other actor you were in a film with?" And he's just there, and he goes, "A fucking idiot." <laughs> And I'm just like that's the only, that's the kind of response you could only get from having been with someone. Yeah. Like yeah. that shit that shit was real. Now, it'll be interesting to see where MJF goes from here. Like literally because it's like at this point maybe this is the, the end, this is the the goal. This was the main goal is to just make everyone go what the hell is going on? Or it could be just a case of MJF being so miffed with with Tony and Abley that he just wants to say anything now to get his ass fired. He's doing basically what Brian Pillman did back in the day with WCW, and then he jumped yeah. in and he popped on over to ECW before going psych and signing with the WWE. But no, CM Punk. If you didn't see when the cameras went off, CM Punk came out with one boot on my iPad, chasing MJF out of the room. <laughs> I just love the the thing of I don't know because I know you could have done the whole Booker Man thing, but then I like I I don't know why, but I find the thing of calling him Tony, yes, just funnier. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I mean, that's probably because you used to Dan House and saying Tony Elite, but yes. That is true. I mean, a lot of people as well pop for him WWE guys quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. That that bit was a that bit but, was a, But to ooh. be fair though, when I say about engaging in more complicated storylines, what was the match after this promo? <laughs> God dang it. What? Go on, go on, because I know everyone <laughs> got the match after had XWWE guys yes. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Why are you booing me? I'm right. It literally is. That is the most it's true, but he shouldn't say it. <laughs> moment. Just, no, you're saying the loud. you're saying the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. <laughs> just. Oh man. And honestly, I think it's funny to see what it's done. People talking. It's not us talking. And I think a lot of people are going to remember that as a top-tier historical promo in the history of AEW. Yeah. Man, if only we did the history of AEW this week. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> we just have to deal with that fact. And here we are. It's Thursday. God knows what's going to happen on SmackDown. What's going to happen for the rest of the week? It'll be interesting to find out what happens when we upload this on Monday. <laughs> I, next thing, next thing I know, right? Rampage is gonna happen, and Kazuchika Okada is gonna walk out. Yeah, I just have to fucking sit there like an idiot. Make it rain, make it rain. And basically, no, like, no, 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 should we do it this way? Should we end the news now before you, before I just yes. think you crave even more? Uh, <laughs> Reardon, let's What do you have for us, sir? You know, guys, as always, 
as always but you know in pride in particular i recommend every lgbt plus creator out there but but and i and i know last year i made a big note of every single one every single you know person that i recommend being you know of lgbt plus <laughs> however however sometimes you just gotta go with your heart guys how do you feel about the greatest the greatest one of the greatest bands of the 90s go on <laughs> i mean if it, i mean if it's lower basis i'm just kidding all my homies. I was gonna. I was gonna say. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a this, say is, this is this is a minimal oasis zone. Exactly. I'm gonna say this now. Y'all in Manchester can all fight me. <laughs> all of you at once. All my homies hate Oasis. Guys, my recommendation is that Portis head slaps. Yeah. Correct. Slap. Correct. Correct. I, like sometimes you just gotta just. It's not even a recommendation. It's just an announcement that Portis head slaps, and yeah. you guys. And if you you have you never listened to Portis head, you should listen to Portis head. Yep. There are literally only three albums from Portis head. <laughs> Doesn't take long. Doesn't take long. Four if you want to do the live album. Mm-hmm. Like my guys, listen to Portis head. <laughs> like. I I I feel like I'm like I'm not speaking English here, but like just it's Porter's head. This, this, Porter's head is, look, they're just good. They're just great. They're oh, just great. They really are great as an addition. Just yeah, just sometimes sometimes the obvious answer is the correct one. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and with that, it is time to get on our main portion of the episode. Our first episode for Pride Month, and we're going to dedicate this one to a retrospective on one of my personal favourite Joshi wrestlers in modern times. Yes, we are going to be talking all about Kagetsu. Now, we must preface this a little bit before we go on. Dad, I believe you have like, you have something kind of set up and ready for this. I believe so. I'll let you do the uh, yeah. kind of like disclaimer <clears throat> here uh, before we get on to the main portion of the episode. Um, so our decision to do this episode was inspired by the story that uh, formerly Kagetsu, uh, now Yu Ishino, shared about coming out as a trans man. Uh, throughout the course of this episode, we'll be using the name Kagetsu to refer to Yu Ishino during the time that he was wrestling in Stardom um, and in other Joshi promotions under the name Kagetsu, um, and we will be respecting the right pronouns of using he and him um, as requested by them or as requested by them in the video that they shared. Yes, which is in a great, which is great video, by the way, a very emotional video as well. I highly recommend people watch that. And I apologize in advance as well uh, before we go on. If I do mess up on the pronouns, uh, uh, it's completely my fault and I own up and it's completely I do not mean to offend uh, you in any way, shape or form. But with that, it's time to get on to our episode all about Kagetsu. Now, chaps, first question I have to ask is how familiar were you with Kagetsu um, 
before we got into this episode. How familiar were you with uh, their or his uh, breadth of work? Um, I'm not going to say minus the Super Eye Patch Wolf video, <laughs> including that video as well. Hmm, that's very that's a very very good question, which I will answer with another question. Um, do you recall my answer during our <laughs> yeah. about my lack of knowledge of yes. Japanese wrestlers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> through, almost exclusively through Super Eye Patch Wolf. Look right. At least, at least we're consistent. <laughs> hey, I'll put it to you this way: at least um, iPad Wolf is doing the world a favor by actually shining a light on. Oh, absolutely. There, there, there is, there is so much that I can say about about that video because I love it very deeply. That hill video, like his video on. Hill I always find I always find it very funny that one of my favorite videos about wrestling. And that I share to people to talk about wrestling with is about is by a creator that is not exclusively focused on wrestling. Yeah. So I'm just always there, and I'm just like, please, Super Virtual, do another wrestling video, please. You're very good at them. He's <laughs> tremendous and tremendous at breaking it down and making it understandable to a non-wrestling fan or to a more casual person who <clears throat> has not had as much experience in puro lucha or joshi wrestling. I mean, I mean, heck, I mean, I don't think. Dan would have known so much about Minoru Suzuki where it got to that hill video. Yeah, so like um I so I first I first knew about them kind of around Oh, I wanna say probably probably not long after they started um probably, probably not long after they started with Stardom. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the first time. Yeah. Um. While I was kind of going through, um. Well, kind of after after I had my little lapse in wrestling, I didn't really pay attention to stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. When I was getting back into it, and I was on lots of like forum boards and stuff. Yeah. Or you, or you know, like spaces where people talk about wrestling. Um. I had a lot of people talking about Oedotai. Yes. Um. And kind of through that discussion, kind of introduced me to, uh, to Kagetsu, mm -hmm. and kind of seeing you know uh, a different you know a different kind of thing. It was kind of my first exposure to I'm going to say modern Joshi. Yes, because most of my Joshi exposure exists in the context of all Japan women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <clears throat> And then yeah, from 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 that, um, they kind of became like a little thing that I kind of knew about, but I didn't really engage with much. Mm -hmm. I found it, you know, I, I wasn't really focused as much on the product. I kind of just kind of heard people talk about yeah, the way to retire as a whole every so often. I'd see like clips and gifs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but then yeah, once I started getting back into wrestling, um. I was able to focus on a lot, a lot more, and then start watching, yeah, you know, start watching some of his matches and seeing and seeing and you know, actually seeing the work for myself and its own merit. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it's become a very, very cool part of the the wrestling journey. It really, it really has. So my my first approach to get to was um, just to make sure I did the 
Blade Ocean as well. Uh, just as they were about to get into that final, like that final boss form, uh, it arrived in 2018. And then mm-hmm. after that, it's just like, I promise, and that's probably one of my favorite title runs for Stardom. Without yeah. question, I think it's just, it's just so bolstered by the fact that they made Kagetsu just seem like the, the unbeatable final boss of Stardom. So good. So, so good. But mm-hmm. with all of that, let's get straight in to the beginning of his career. So we go all the way back to 2008. Kiketsu was trained in the Sentai Girls Dojo under the tutelage of the legendary Mako Satomura, one of my personal favorite Joshi wrestlers of all time. And officially made their debut after uh, following, after following, well, yeah, after following their high school graduation in April of 2000. And eight. Shortly after that, they ended up debuting in August 24th in a uh, in a losing effort to Chi, uh, Ikayo Nagashima. And in that time, Kagetsu, going under their real name uh, Yukari Ishino, um, ended up just plodding along in Sendai, also receiving training. But in January 2010, she ended. Oh, sorry, sorry. He ended up changing uh, his ring name. Kigetsu. And after sort of a little bit of a disagreement with Mako, uh, they decided to leave Sentai Girls to then go off and try to see if she uh, he could make it in a career uh, in the, as an independent uh, traveling around various Joshi promotions. Okay. Yeah, so. Kigetsu's last match again, Mako Satsumura. <laughs> It's the it's the it's the anime storytelling. You need to leave by facing the master. Um, yeah, I think it's worth. Do you want to have a little talk about um, like freelancing? So it's, freelancing in the context of wrestling, we should say freelancing is, is in Japan, uh, especially is a very it's a very kind of almost different beast to what it's like in in America, where of course you big promotions in Japan, you have your uh, New Japan, New Japan, uh, and Noah. But if you get off of that contract, which is usually most of the time, especially in New Japan, is nothing more than a handshake agreement for a year, uh, you end up being able to kind of jump from promotion to promotion, having matches on a weekly basis, and sometimes you can even promote back to the main as well, but also maintaining not like not a home base. You you can you've got freedom. Yeah, of you can you can you. <clears throat> it is almost in a way actually being an independent contractor. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Liger was an independent contractor for an incredibly long time uh, when he was in New Japan. He would pop up literally everywhere, all Japan, nowhere. He would regularly appear. Ring of Honor. I mean, that's the reason why he was able to appear in WWE is because he was a freelancer at New Japan and was able to work out a one match deal with Hunter. <laughs> it's crazy hey. how that works becoming a freelancer in Japan. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize this, but like quite a lot of wrestlers in Japan do this. Yeah, quite enough. Shibata, before he came back to New Japan, when he left the first around the mid 2000s ended up freelancing not only in Japan, but 
<laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so like loads of wrestlers have these agree have these agreements like sorted out, and so it's like um, it's also not like unheard of to have freelancers as champions either. <laughs> yep. Uh, for example, uh, of, of right now, KG Muto. <clears throat> yeah, KG Muto. Um, te- technically, for TJPW, Camille is a freelancer and was there. Secondary champion like two years ago. Yeah, I, mean, I know Noah's done. Noah's done it a bunch of times. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's it's quite a a different thing to try and describe that. Like people have, might have like a home promotion and then just pop up and appear like wherever. Could you imagine if the term independent contractor? Could you imagine that sort of content from WWE. <laughs> uh, Vince would dread the thought. It's it's just it's it's just stuff like, <clears throat> you know, you have pe- you have people who are like, kind of inexorably company guys that have mm. spent ages at a company, but then you just always like you like read through it and stuff, and then you just see that they just like worked in Noah for like six months yeah. just because they decided they could. <laughs> see, It's just where you go. Exactly. God bless and you. Yeah, so, and so when it when it when it comes to Joshi, um obviously Stardom is Stardom is the, the big one. Yeah. But TJPW has um freelancers, I believe Ice Ribbon. Ice Ribbon button move to uh, does, but I'm not the most versed on Ice Ribbon. Um but then like <clears throat> but I say there's like Sendai Girls, which actually has like a permanent roster of like six people, yes, <laughs> and everyone else is a freelancer. Um, Diana and Wave are very similar. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, Diana and Wave are very similar. Yeah, so it all kind of works. It all kind of works on the same basis. Indeed, indeed. <clears throat> um, so yeah, can get to that for quite a while actually. From about up until uh, he made he he made waves in promotions such as Tough Move, JWP, Pro Wrestling Wave, Saka Joshi Pro, Oz Academy, and Reina Joshi Pro. So he got around quite a bit and was building his name up to be quite a reputable name within the um, within the Joshi ranks. Of course, uh, his journey I only made a made a few appearances as a freelancer here and there, and that's basically all he had regularly working for him. Um, I believe one yeah. of the uh, very first kind of encounters that he did with have this Hiromi Nanamura. Um, okay, yeah. And uh, and it featured matches with him about what bloody good Leading to them, who is successfully challenging for the um the Goddess of Stardom Championship. Shout out Hiroyo Matsumoto, what a wrestler! Such a good wrestler. Which is my Yo, that is a that is a team that is dangerous for uh, anyone's necks in the nearest vicinity. 
the moment you said Thunder Rock, I assumed that was like that was Thunder Rosa before she digivolved. Like that's just how I. Well, Thunder Rosa was in. Was she? Yeah, she was in Stardom, wasn't she? She has made a few appearances. She made she made appearances as a guest in Stardom. But I do know that. Yeah, well, I, I just I love the name yeah. of the ch- the tag championships, the goddesses of stardom. I love. That oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Right. No, but I just I legitimately thought you know it's like Thunder Rock, then Thunder Rosa, then Thunder Rainforest. I think that I think that's the, I think that's got to be the that's got to be well, the, the MF thing. evolution tree. Yeah, that's got to be the evolution I love tree. That's to me. So. That's quite soon after that um, tag challenge, uh, Kigetsu began portraying a much more heel persona, becoming a lot more cocky, a lot more, you know, villainous in, in persona, not only just in, uh, in promo work, but in uh, look as well. And uh, he became regularly leading kind of like basically stamp- stomping on them cockily, Kind of bad mouthing them during the match quite loudly as well, which caused a lot of like a lot of shock tones in the Coral Cribbon Hall. If you've seen any sort of Japanese wrestling match around that time, you know that if someone said something like like swore at them, that would be from a Coral Cribbon crowd. I mean, yeah. So should we should we should we should we open up this little conversation? I guess that we can have about what being a heel in Japan is. Yes, because I think the easiest way I can explain this is that being a heel in Japan isn't necessarily as much about like um doing bad stuff mm. like it is in the same way that American heel is, but like Japanese heels are normally like a bit more nuanced, I would say mm-hmm. in that it's I normally find it's more about like not. You're a heel because you don't follow social expectations, which is an incredibly Japanese sentence to say. I mean, look at the persona. As, as an example, <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the Yakuza boss of professional <laughs> So it's like... So it's like people become like known as heels in Japan because like they don't do the expected stuff. They don't show the respect. They don't like show respect to the people in they're in the ring with mm. they you know they might they might cheat and do stuff to win but it's also about like how they respond to the crowd yeah um and you know how they do that how they treat like the wrestlers that are older than them mm-hmm. um and and all the kind of things like that that make it I think slightly different. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just, again, it's something I think a lot of people underestimate about heel, like Japanese heel wrestling. Is that they're in it a lot more incredibly nuanced than, than they have, than they, you know, have the credit for. Um, yeah. Like, as you said, you know, like oh, some of the best heels in Japan have always been the ones are kind of almost justified as being heels as well. Like, for example, uh, um, Kira Tawe and Shinsuke Kawada when they teamed up together. 
mm-hmm. back in old Japan. All they wanted to do, they were getting booed at because they weren't as popular as Kabashi and Masawa. So they thought, well, no, it's totally beat an army, but let's just be the tag team and fuck the absolute the living crap out of it. <laughs> See, but 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 this this is this is the thing. <laughs> Because it's literally just like, okay, you don't like us, we don't care. We're just going to beat up your favourites and you have to deal with that. <laughs> and it's and it, but it, and it, it, it extends out to like so many different places as well. Because it's like, to a lot of people and things like that, people kind of have trouble conceptualising that like Okada was considered a heel mm-hmm. for quite a bit of his run and it's like well yeah he was because he was all about extravagance basically taking all the American sensibility that he learned and he's yeah. in DNA and bringing that into it's like into literally like it's just like I have money fuck you <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I'm not saying it's like an intensely developed heel character obviously he's developed it a lot more mm-hmm. But it's like you have that, and then you have things like the Bullet Club, where the the essential part is is that they don't follow the rules, they don't follow the customs because they're not Japanese. Basically, just to do everything that's good about NWO and getting them to much more modern audience. Yeah, something that NWO Japan couldn't do. Oh, I saw that. They had fake sting. Fucking fake sting, but yeah, it, it's 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 the, it's this whole thing, and I think when we talk about the conversation of like Kagetsu as a character, as you understand, as we go through, so much of this like heel character is in is almost entirely justified. Yes, by literally the thing of no, you need to. It's literally you need to get better than me. <laughs> oh, very true. Very blooming true. Alrighty. So, you're still with me so far, guys, as we go through, yeah? Still oh, yeah. with me. <laughs> so, all of this uh, becoming a much more of a villainous heel uh, in Japan is all culminated on the 17th of April. We get to turn a really smart to coin at Yasukabu Toledo Tai action. But we'll get to that soon enough. On October the 2nd, Getsu and, uh, and his Toledo uh, antagonist, Kyoto and Hatsune, defeat the team of Freedom, the team of Kairi Hojo, Mayu Iwatani, and Io Shirai. Basically, the three pillars of Star Wars. <laughs> I was going to say, the, <laughs> they brought out the All Star unit. <laughs> Jesus. And they all wanted to win the Artist of Stardom which I believe is their sort of sort of Said. trios title, but I, I, I think so. It's the trios title, but I think there's a bit more of a like a more of a stipulation to it. Um, but um, what I will um, say is that it looks great with all individually coloured, so red, pink, yeah. and blue uh, straps, and I'm like, I like that. I like that as a concept. <laughs> so, we get to 2710, where Ketsu, Kyoto, and Viper, who had replaced Anakimura, uh, the team of Queen Square, which is the team of 
HZK, Io Shirai, and Momo Watanabe. By the way, Viper, the, 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 who would end up becoming Dewdrop. Man. Yes. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's, it's pathetic, isn't it? It, it hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> Just a wee bit. A wee bit. After that actual loss, soon enough, a few months later, Kitsu, he wrestling. A little bit to heal. I believe it was to heal up from kind of nagging injuries that he had sustained during his career. But he would eventually <clears throat> return at June of the 11th as the new leader of Oedo Tai after Kyoko Kimura retired from professional wrestling. And so we start to get the we start to get the the the, the genesis of final boss Kagetsu. Soon yeah. After, when uh, when, uh, when he took the uh, the leadership role from Kyoko, uh, Kagetsu and Kyoko's Kamura defeated the team of Hiro <coughs> Hiroyo Matsumoto and Jungle Kiona to win the Goddess of Stardom Championship titles. He would hold on to those titles for quite a bit of time, but it was on November the first that Kagetsu officially joined Stardom, ending her days as a freelancer. So, after a year's long reign with those titles, Kagetsu and Kimura would lose the Goddess of Stardom Championship to the team of stars. That's the team of Mayu Iwatani and Saki Kashima. Now, yes, I can see that Mayu, Mayu Iwatani and Iyo Shirai keep popping up a lot, but here's the thing. Iwatani and Shirai almost kind of, like, could do this because they were so good and so popular with the crowd. If you know what I mean, it's, it's it's hard it's hard to describe, but like, um, Iwatani Shirai is was like their their ace in the hole. They're yeah. just like, look, we can just put those two out there together and they'll be fine. Or we can stick them with anyone and it will probably be good. <laughs> Mayu Iwatani, if you only if you had only ever seen her matches, you would probably think that like, um, how is she alive? Yeah. <laughs> oh, her neck is the strongest substance known to man. Exactly. <laughs> so on June the 9th, 2018, Kagetsu would defeat Tony Storm to become the World of Stardom champion and his first reign with the championship. This championship reign would go all the way until May the 4th, 2019, when he would eventually lose that title to Bree Priestley. Now, we've got to talk about this little chunk of time, possibly the most famous chunk of time in Kagetsu's career. This is when we got the full final boss, Kagetsu, who basically, his MO was, you got to get good if you want to beat me. <laughs> So yeah, uh, this is gets touched on in the Super Eyepatch Wolf video, but to kind of break it down so it's a little bit easier for people to understand, basically it was motivated by his early career mm. <clears throat> about seeing that the Joshi scene was still dominated by the pe by the competitors of the past. Yeah. And this is no knock on like Mako Satamura and like the people and like the wrestlers of that generation because they are all very, very good at what they do. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 
but it basically came out of this thing of like no i need to like secure the next generation they need to be good mm-hmm. so like i'm gonna test them and if that isn't the most anime shit I mean, it's true. It's true. And this, and this is the thing that I, I love about it so much, because like, <clears throat> like they are a heel, but like in a in a in a way that's very understood. Yeah. Because I, I I don't know, Reardon, you can probably back me up on this. There 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 have been like comic arcs where it's like, no, you need to like get better. Oh, absolutely. Oh, God. So it's like many. a fundamental storyline. It's, it's a fundamental story storyline, especially in like, especially in anime, like anime. In because particular, because I, like, I know that you guys, you guys will understand, right? If I just say like Shaolin films. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's you need to train and become better to beat me because ain't no one else doing it. You need to get good. That's what I mean. <laughs> it is literally how they made their bread. <laughs> and the, but the, but this is this is the thing though, and this is it. Kind of touches on a thing, which is I love the way that certain aspects of Japanese wrestling use certain characters. Mm-hmm. Because I like, I just don't think you'd get this storyline in the US. No, I don't think so. It's a shame. No. You know, it, it, it's... It's literally just like... You're good, but you need to get better. <laughs> At some point, someone will beat me. I know that, but I'm going to do everything to stop you. <laughs> and then the person that beats me good on them but they need to beat me first yeah <laughs> i've got I, you know and it touches on a thing which i've spoken about before which is i love how japanese wrestling puts prominence on its like its veterans mm-hmm. and its experienced wrestlers yeah because like the experience shows yes and it's why i have a preference to for example a minoru suzuki compared to a Goldberg. <laughs> because it's it's like the thing of like, yes, but I always see Minoru Suzuki is a test. Yeah. It's a, it, it, it's a match, but it's a match designed to test you, to push you further. Oh, Whereas... Four final bosses. Whereas, like the Goldberg matches, Goldberg's decided he wants to wrestle and get a payday and get a title to boot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> right. So I love this like reverence that they put on like some of the older wrestlers who like they don't they you, you don't need to win. Yeah, because the test becomes: Have you survived? <laughs> yeah. uh, do you still have all of your blood? <laughs> and and literally the essence of this story just being: No, I'm better than you. You need to learn. Come back again next time and try. <laughs> you must defeat Shang Long to stand a chance. Really <laughs> Bro, it's li- it's literally the tower mode. It's yes, arcade it tower mode, <laughs> and it's brilliant. It's it is. It's so so good. <laughs> Dang it! Because it, it, it needs more wrestling. Needs more final bosses. They need more Shang Suns. 
Because I, again, though, I, I see I see this in some aspects with Miu Yamashita. Yes, where she is just an absolute like absolute gunner in the division. She's mm-hmm. the ace. She's the top of everything, and it just comes down to one day one of you will be good enough to beat me. <laughs> one of my favorite storylines in TJPW as a whole right now is Miu Yamashita. Just... And it, and it, but it, but and it, mm. and it's and it's thing and it's things like you know, in a way she is she is a heel because she isn't the same like ah uh, super poppy super poppy idol. Yep. But then like when she had the title match with Maki Ito, pick like picking her hand up at the end and being like, "Good try. Yeah. You did well. You just didn't quite get it this time. I look forward to our next match." Because like look right, we can talk about this as like a villain trope, right? Mm. It's so awesome when you're there and your hero meets the villain and then the villain just goes, I look forward to the next time I fight you. Oh, it's <laughs> such a good thing to put someone over in defeat. Like that's really that's get- on some that's on some Castlevania shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Except the ring doesn't turn upside down like in the yeah. Symphony of the Night and you've got to go through the whole thing again. <laughs> but like isn't isn't that isn't that such a cool concept? It, it it's it's not there's so many there's so many different angles use some of those angles and, exactly. but it, it, it touches on the thing i say where it's like i want wrestling to have more complex characters and i want wrestling to have more complex stories because people and like one of the things one of the things i love about this and it's something i said that they should be using mm. for the whole roman reigns thing which is why hasn't everyone just turned their attentions on him? Yeah, like I would like literally band everyone together if for, for their own interest in going. Maybe I can beat him, and like the whole thing of starting the time was literally like you need to get the match with Kagetsu, but you need to like have to deal with Oedo Tai, who would yep. go around terrorizing people and causing mayhem. Mm. And it's like every other unit. Wanted to beat Oedo Tai. Yep. You wanted to beat Kagetsu. Yeah. And it's point, like that's what you're right. It's exactly if it's if they're gonna double down on Roman, why not just do that? It just seems like it's so logical, and it probably helps the creative team as well. <laughs> oh. But it's this is honestly one of my favorite chunks of time in Stardom was Kagetsu's reign as World of Stardom champion because not only for kind of like this whole final boss mode with Omedo Tai as well backing them up, but it's the amount of matches that Kagetsu had at this time. So as I said, he defeated Tony Storm to win the title. Uh, during this time, he would end up having matches with Konami during the uh, the Shining Stars event. Uh, ended up having a little bit of a of an appearance, couple of appearances at Ring of Honor as well in a couple of multi man tag matches. One of my favorites that I remember from this time that I was researching is that there was a mixed tag match at Stardom Bright Summer, which was the Stardom versus Rise Supercard. The team of stars. And Ray Wagner would end up defeating the team of El Hijo, 
El Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr. and Aredo Tai. I just find that the, the son of Dr. Wagner teams up with Aredo Tai. Because, <laughs> of course, like, just have the worlds of Joshi and Lucha just smack together like that. But no, uh, Kagetsu ended up having a really good title match against Viper. An incredibly good title match against Mayu Iwutani at Koroku and Hall. If no one's seen that, that, that was due, I believe that was the Kigetsu 10th anniversary show in August of 2018. Go back and watch that. I love that match. It is a really, really good match, that one. I remember as well, at one point, if we go back just a little bit, if memory serves me correct, Kigetsu actually ended up um, challenging for the Wonder of Stardom title as well at one point. I think there was a title for title match, if, if memory serves me correct. Uh, yeah, there was. It was a very hmm. uh, that I can't rem- I can't remember who was the wonder of um the wonder of stardom champion at that point though. No. It'll come back to me. It will come back to me at one point. Um, ah, it was Momo Watanabe. That's it. It ended in a double KO because I remember that none of them because it ended in double KO because none of them won the title. <laughs> That's how I remember that. Yes. Um, ended up actually ended up having a match against Anakamura. That ended in a no count out, no, uh, no, uh, sorry, that was a no count out, no DQ match for the World of Stardom title. But that ended up, I believe it was ref's decision, like it was a, like a TKO by ref's decision uh, that could get to run that match. That was a really good match as well. If you want to go back and watch Hanakamura's like really truly good matches, get to is a really good one. Um, and of course we end up getting to um the end of the title match in that title match against um, B Priestley, which ended up with Kigetsu eventually losing the championship. And so with a couple of appearances here, I believe that if memory serves me correct in 2019, Kigetsu actually made her, uh, made his debut in the UK for Pro Wrestling Eve, if I remember correctly. Uh, that is correct against Mayuri Watani. Yes. Uh, also, if my memory serves me correct, um, he teamed with Jamie Hayter because I believe Jamie Hayter was a member of Oedo Tai at this time. And uh, tag I know there was a I know there was a point where they were because then that was also not long after um, B Priestley had joined. Yes. So I remember they had a couple of matches with Eve as well. Uh, if memory serves me correct, one of them was in Brighton, I believe. Mm. Um, and then I know that there was one at the usual place in London that they. Yeah, because one of them, the the, the Mayu Iwatani match was for Wrestle Queendom. Yes. Which is, I believe, your call? Correct. Hmm. Which I will say, some pretty good matches on that card. Really good matches on that card, as a matter of fact. But, of all this being said, Kigetsu losing the title and eventually just having uh, having a couple of more opportunities against Mayu Iwatani for the World of Stardom Championship. It was announced on December the 26th, 2019, that Kigetsu would retire from professional wrestling. But before announcing that, uh, uh, he would make his final appearance for Stardom at the 26th of January 2020 Stardom show. Although, 
Kigetsu would wrestle his final match for the promotion on February 15th, taking part in a gauntlet match against members of the Stardom roster that ended in a time limit draw, I believe. <clears throat> um, but after that, actually, uh, that would not actually be Kigetsu's last match, as a couple of months later, we would uh, the world would uh, find out that Hanakamura unfortunately passed away. And during it was the memorial uh, on the Hanakamura memorial yep. show that Kigetsu would end up having his last match against uh, Asuka, or you know, know her as Benny, mm-hmm. uh, in a pretty darn good match. I'd go out if you really want to go out and watch it. I, I highly like. I know, <clears throat> I know. We also like by this point, um, he had only been retired like one year. Yeah. But yo, that 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 the the performance in in both of those matches on the Hanakamura show are insane for a person that hadn't been wrestling for a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they it's actually crazy. They've not lost a single step, which is crazy. And considering Kagetsu Yu Ishino is now it's only twenty nine as well, but by the time he retired, he had a hell of a career for himself. Yeah, that lasted from two thousand eight. But yeah, I think I I I'm not sure. I think he was working as a trainer I, I with him for a bit. I don't think I don't think he is anymore. Not anymore, I believe. But th- I mean, I, I mean, here's the thing. This is the this is the part of Reigns that speaks for itself, really. So he gets to during his time as wrestling, became a Princess of Pro Wrestling champion, AWP Junior champion. Oz Academy Tag Champion twice, Goddesses of Stardom Champion with Odeo Tai, Artist of Stardom Champion, Goddess of Stardom Champion twice, World of Stardom Champion, and the Artist of Stardom Champion. At this day, I believe one of the longest reigns with the World of Stardom Championship at 329 days. Which is nothing um, to stop, not nothing to write home about. One of the I'm longest I'm fairly reigns. sure, but I think it might be. No. Um, um. Or it might be long. No, it's not. It's not longest single. Not, not by... longest single, but one of the longest. I know that for sure. One of, it's certainly. Yeah. Uh, certainly one of the most remembered, definitely here in the West. And I don't think if it weren't for Ipac Force, I don't think a lot of people would have gone out and seeked to get to his career for that. Mm-hmm. But um, honestly, one of the most. To me personally, one of the most underrated Yoshi wrestlers of his time, without question. If you ask, I think I think the I think the main thing is obviously, I think I think in the Joshi conversation, um, he is rightfully given the praise that he deserves because again that 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 reign is so good. <laughs> Like, like it's it, it's yeah. insane. It's insane to look at someone though and say they again, like that, like one top title reign, but made it count. Absolutely. Like and there's, a, not a lot like of, there's not a lot of wrestlers, man or man, woman or other, that can say that. Yeah, you get one reign, but then you produce like one of the best reigns in company history. <laughs> <laughs> That's a flex. <laughs> um. So I think in that conversation, rightfully gets the plaudits that he deserves. 
Um, and like I said about the the Super Bright Patch Wall video, just I'm so happy that he's spreading the word of him as a wrestler to to more people. Mm. Um, but it's why I think it's so important that we all take part in this kind of um you know finding new stuff finding new people mm-hmm. finding new ways to do stuff yeah and like show people that like things can be a little bit different there are new ideas out there yeah and you know, there are people that have done these really really cool ideas and, yeah. and work these really cool angles and just like really get down to grips with it mm-hmm. I, I absolutely absolutely Reardon. I want to bring. I want to put the final question to you, sir. Um, with everything that I've talked about, we've talked about the career of Kagetsu, uh, the accomplishments he's made, and kind of the impact he made with Stardom and Joshi modern day. Thoughts now on Kagetsu, and what do you think? Do you think you'll be kind of going out of your way to watch his matches? I mean, everything. That that get good bit made me want to see what 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 is going on here. What is this? What is this goon shit? <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. I'm definitely into it. I'm definitely gonna give it a shot. Also, may I add that his Mishinoku driver and 450 splash are some of the smoothest clean any wrestlers I've ever clean. seen do those moves. <laughs> Fucking mint. That that 450 splash, the Oedo coaster. Oh, mwah. it's great. So so good. And that's where we're going to end our very first episode for Pride Month 2022 on. As it was announced quite recently, actually, I believe it was the beginning of this year that um, Kigetsu, of course, would end up announcing that they came out as trans and now goes by the name Yu Ishino. And I believe is. Was training as of 2020, but I do not know if that's what he's doing still. Again, I don't, I don't know for sure. I believe at some point he was working as a trainer with Stardom. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's still happening or, um, or anything like that, or if they're still involved in any capacity. But I just hope whatever they're doing, they are happy. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, send our love. To you, Ishino, because you have been, yeah. been such an awesome wrestler, and we love you for it. And so, yeah, that's where we're getting in today's episode. That was a really enjoyable one. Uh, and uh, I'd like, Reardon, apologies if me and Dan just rambled in that one. Oh, no, that's <laughs> fine. Being the Joe Sheep kind of lovers out of the three of us here. I hope you weren't too bored of it. At the very least, you, as I said, you Listen. go out and watch most of Getsu's matches. <laughs> Oh, believe me, I, I, uh, I've had, I, I, I know you gotta just ramble. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Thank you, buddy. I, I massively appreciate it. All right, chaps. I can't believe I get to say this. Next episode. It's episode one hundred. Wow. It's crazy, isn't it? I, I, how, how did we get here? <clears throat> That's a very Somehow, we're here, and it doesn't feel right. It really doesn't. It really, really doesn't. 
so my goodness we've been we've been talking a lot about what to do for episode 100 but it always came down to one subject in particular and i can't think of anything more appropriate for episode 100 if you ask me so everyone listening we're gonna take a little break from pride month because of episode 100 coming up and we're gonna be talking we, we- preface this by saying just so people just so people, people know <laughs> we had this planned years ago yes yeah we had this planned i think like six or seven months into us starting this yeah yeah this yeah. is not a snap de- this is not a snap decision it has been on the calendar the entire time yeah and so if you're confused as to why we're talk- we're going to be talking about the subject you just know that we're taking a break from pride month for episode 100, we're going to be talking about the man, the myth, the legend, the rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> I can't so think of anything more appropriate from what episode 100 Oh, this yeah. is... It's a, it's a special day. It may not be happening on 316, but you know what, like... This has been in our this has been in our calendar. It's been requested so many times. <laughs> I, I am so it's going in here. We will returning to normal Pride Month duty, and we'll have everything else uh, that's being produced for Pride Month being released soon as well. Yes. So, so all of that to look forward to. I am so excited for the next episode. I cannot believe we've got a hundred. It's insane. And to terrifying, add, I know. It's so <laughs> terrifying. I've been saying that a lot recently. <laughs> and to every single person, uh, as I said in the two-year anniversary, but I want to say it again, to everyone who's been at the journey from the start or if you just came in, we cannot thank you enough for the love and support you've shown us throughout this time. But until then, until the episode 100, I have been Sam, this has been Dan and Brandon, and you... I've been listening to the Sweet Chingwad podcast. We will see you as ever on the next one. Oh, hell yeah, sad. Bye for now. Go watch Kagetsu versus Mayu Itani. You will not be disappointed. And that's the bottom line. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, son. I'm going to go watch me some Joshi. What? Joshi, what? Really? I'm, I apologize. I apologize in advance for how it's going to be next week. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs>